you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky coming to you live from all the way across the country in uh, in my, I would say, spacious hotel room, but that wouldn't be honest here in Tampa. <laughs> not very spacious. I would call it intimate. A nice yes. intimate hotel at the Don Cesar. Yeah, uh, the big pink lady here big, in Tampa. Big lady. Or St. Pete, I should say. St. Pete, St. Peter, St. Petersburg beach yeah it's pretty um, nice. a little overcast but i heard it's, it's a little rainy out there in southern california so i think we won the weather so far yeah we have it's a little cold a little yeah. chilly yeah a little chilly but uh, i'm digging the practices at tropicana field for here for the east west shrine game and then we'll be on our way to mobile for the senior bowl um we won't spend too much time talking about this game this game is uh look i hope you all tune in and watch it on saturday on nfl network but this is more of you're talking about day three guys buck you know fifth sixth seventh round picks for the most part when you have this many underclassmen declare it's a trickle-down. You've got 120-plus underclassmen. Then we've got the kids at the Senior Bowl, which is the high-profile bowl game. And then uh, you've got the East-West here in the NFLPA game. So this game used to be you know, getting some third-round picks, maybe a sprinkling a second-round pick every now and then, and a bunch of four, five, sixes, and sevens. Now it, it's a little bit further on because of all these underclassmen. Yes, yeah, a little further on, but sometimes this game can still be the launching point for some of the guys that we've talked about in the pros. Josh Norman was a guy that played here. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, last uh, year we saw we, here. we saw a guy that's going to the Pro Bowl for uh, the Denver Broncos. We oh, Philip Lindsay. Yeah, so this is a nice place. You, you're looking for the hidden gems, the guys that maybe you overlooked on your first visit. They come up here, they show up, they play well. They have an opportunity to certainly help themselves. So I am excited to see some of the lesser-known names kind of make their way, yeah, make well, their way up the ranks. We're going to uh, have all, you, all your needs covered there on this game on the broadcast on Saturday. A microcosm of the draft class as a whole, it's a good defensive line group uh, when you look at the group down here. So we'll have a chance to uh, talk about them on Saturday, and we'll go see uh, some big-time players down there at the Senior Bowl next week. But let's get to these early declarations, Buck. I want to get to some NFL stuff in a minute. Um, and I, I also have a crossover conversation. Had an interesting plane flight sitting next to uh, – an executive from another sport, and I uh, want to get mm-hmm. into that. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. But at the top here, gosh, I think we're 125 was the number. I don't know if that's the official number, but the number yeah. of underclassmen is unreal. 
Remember when they were used to be like 50? Man, I just, I just can't imagine like trying to keep up with all the underclassmen that are coming out. If you're a director or a national scout and trying to kind of do it the way that you're supposed to do it and, and hold off on waiting, I think you can't. You, you got to do them in the fall. You have to do them in the fall. You almost have to ask questions to those around the program in the fall because there are so many underclassmen. And the thing that has always been scary in my mind in dealing with underclassmen you never got enough information. Like yeah. you're always saying, oh, we'll catch up. We'll get that. Not and enough time. Not enough time to get the background info to really figure out their character, the football character, and their their moral character to just really figure out what the kid is. And so right now scouts are scrambling. They're hustling. They're going all over the place, making phone calls to the liaison, trying to figure out how they can kind of put the finishing touches on these profiles. So much is to be determined. And so the combine for the underclassmen, really becomes big because they really have to kind of show themselves well in terms of not only what they do on the field at the workouts, but how they come off because not a lot of runway when it comes to kind of evaluate these dudes before the draft. No question. And the biggest name that uh, announced very late in the process, Kyler Murray, we've talked about Kyler Murray plenty here on the podcast, but it was interesting, Buck. I'm anxious to hear what you got when I'm uh, sitting in the stands at East-West practices and sitting with the general manager and talking with some other uh, executives around the league. And I make a point, I don't know how you are on this, but when, I'm, when I want to get some information on quarterbacks, I, I want to go talk to teams that have one yep. because there's no reason for them to, to lie to you. Just yep. give, me the straight, give me the straight facts here. I said, uh, you know, the franchise quarterback, they're not in that market. Kyler Murray, what do you think? He goes, have you seen him? And I go, uh, not in person, not live. He's, a, he's got an explosive arm. I said the five foot nine thing is not, not ideal, no question, but I think I can kind of – he's a DJ, it's not the height. He might weigh 185 pounds. Russell Wilson, you go back and look it up, but I want to say 215 maybe. Mm-hmm. That thick build, he's like, I, I just I don't see how he can hold up. So that was that's more for people. Everybody's talking about the height, but to me, talking to folks today, it was all about the build. I don't know what, what you got talking to your guys. It's so funny because I had this conversation with um, a couple of different scouts, and we were kind of holding court, and we were going on the Kyler Murray thing, and they were talking about, like, he's crazy. Like, why wouldn't he play baseball? Then we were talking about the money and all those other things. Then they're like – Hey, I've known him since high school. Like yeah. I understand what he's doing. Like, man, he is so small. He's little. I, I think he's about the size of my kid. And <laughs> when you look at him with two, um, he looked, big dude. Two is under. He said, "Man, he's towering over." Him. He said, "Then check Baker Mayfield's timeline because maybe Baker tweeted out something about Kyler Murray, and he said it looks like Baker looks like he towers." over him so then we're going through the conversation they're like man i just don't know if i could ever do a small quarterback like that so then this is a team that already has a franchise quarterback i said okay let's find let's let's play this exercise you want to play against them i said i said no let's play this exercise you're a team that needs a quarterback and let's just say okay dwayne haskins is gone Mm -hmm. let's say drew Locke is gone let's even say daniel Daniel jones Jones is gone gone. okay so here we are and it's Kyler murray and will greer who we take? Yeah, we're going to take Kyler Murray. Right. So it's Kyler Murray and who else? So I said, worst case, we can say that let's take all the bigger, stronger guys or whatever. Let's take them out. So those three go. Who else is going before him? Mm-hmm. And I said, you can't make it a reasonable case based on the player, can we? No. You'll love this. I had a conversation with someone this evening. I said, what do you think about Ky-? Everybody's talking about this guy, Kyler Murray. Everybody's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a topic of conversation. I said, uh, what do you think of Kyler Murray? He said, I watched a lot of players this fall. He said, Kyler Murray's the second fastest dude I watched this fall. I go, really? He goes, only dude faster than him was the one he was throwing it to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so that's – Hollywood. 
And so that's the unique thing. And I, I was telling them, I was like, they, because the guys are, they were like, man, you can't take a, quarter, a, a quarterback that is that small. I said, we can. I said, I used to think that we couldn't take a corner over a pass rusher. Yeah. I, I used to think that we couldn't take maybe a six-foot quarterback at number one. Yeah. I also thought that we couldn't take a guard in the top ten. I said, all those old rules are out the door. I don't know what yeah. to think about the draft. And they were like, yeah, you're kind of right. I said, look, if we go by how a person plays, there's no doubt he's one of the top players in college football. He's one of the top players in this class. It is really a matter of what are you comfortable with. And they said this to a man. They said, it really depends on what your comfort level is as a general manager. Mm-hmm. If you're a long tender general manager you got some who has some security, you don't mind swinging and missing if you miss on him. He said, but if you're one of those guys that – Got to have just, it right now. Got to have just, it. You just got the job. He's like – he said, because if you miss, everyone's like, you should have known that he wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Whereas if an established guy does that, eh, okay, swinging and miss. It, look, we, we everything ebbs and flows, and we'll see where we are when we get closer to the draft. But I would say, based off today, talking to folks, it felt more like Kyler Murray was – Back end, like it, oh, see, for it, sure. it, more, more like guys coming back into the bottom of the first round. We, we saw with Lamar Jackson go thirty oh, second sure. last year. I, I don't think he's going to go in that top ten. There's two or three no, teams, I quarterbacks. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be in the in the mix for those guys because no. there's risk, legitimate risk here. A, he could go play baseball at any point in time. B, it's not just the height; it's the bulk, as we're talking about. So there, there's some there's some risk. Now that being said, it is a you're not choking up. You are you are you're gripping the bottom of that barrel, and you are swinging for the fences. You might hit it out of the park on him. You may hit it out of the park. And so when when we think about those teams, I think it would be interesting, the teams at the bottom of the first round, teams that may not have an immediate need. Now, I'm going to mention this team's name, and I'm going to say the New England Patriots. And yep. the only reason I'll say that is because Tom Brady may have a year or two. Bill Belichick is established, firmly established as – a long tenured coach, mm. and Josh McDaniel, the offensive coordinator, has kind of made this move before when he took Tim Tebow, which was kind of off the grid. Yeah. And when you think about all the unique things and how the Patriots really play, because you obviously just saw him this Sunday. Yeah. You talk about screens, quicks, he can do all, all that stuff. stuff. Like in that offense, they're one of the teams that met with Lincoln Riley, if I'm not mistaken. The Patriots are. Yes. Josh McDaniel spent some time with him. So, it's just something to consider. Yeah. Like one of those teams, like. Hey, Door door. Everything I was told too is they love him. They love him at school. I mean, it, he's he's a really good football player. I think it's going to challenge whether we are still a scouting community that values production and performance, or do we value the potential and the traits? Can you believe if we talked about this five years ago, Buck? I can't. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, even have had the discussion. We wouldn't have had this conversation. He would have been a good little player. We would have talked about him in the take meeting. a flyer in the sixth and or the, seventh and then, round. And then what we would have done is everyone would be like, "Hey, man, this is a really good football player. We want to put him." Oh, at the six. Yeah, that's it. That, that was the that was the discussion. Move on. M- move on. Um, it, it is it is really fascinating. The uh, other some other underclassmen, Alabama's seven dudes came out. Um, well, and I have my top fifty that's coming out, and I believe it's coming out next week. So I've got it pretty much in order. I'm just finishing up the summaries right now, Buck. But uh, Josh Jacobs gonna he might have a nosebleed. He's so high on my list. Oh man, there are people that really really like him. You're talking and they and they're talking. I'm talking about people that went in there early. Yeah. Like, you know, like, haven't, haven't done this as the National Scout. You go in there in September, you don't get a chance to go back in and see him. And so you're like, yeah, I gave him, like, a second-round grade just based off what I saw early in the year off two or three games. But now you're looking and you're like, ooh, 
All right, I'm going to do this. Is, this is, it's kind of tricky doing this on audio. But I, Bucky's got great reactions. So I, I just pulled out my phone right now because when I was doing somebody else, this play, this is a play from Josh Jacobs. I'm going to show you. He's not going to carry the ball. He's not going to catch the ball. He's not going to touch the ball. But I'm just going to let the play run. Bucky, you can kind of do a little bit of play-by-play. And you tell me what you see from Josh Jacobs. They're in the shotgun, and he's he's yeah, little, side little card shotgun, to the left. Side, side card to the left. Jalen Hurst takes it. Little lead block. Wow. <laughs> Look. So on this play, it's just a it's just a a, a sweep, a, a jet sweep. Guy comes in motion. They hand it to the receiver coming around the corner. Jacobs is lead blocking, and he literally uproots. The defender look where the contact knocks takes, him. Where does the contact start? Let's look at where the contact starts and look where the defender ends up. Look at that. He's Missouri. probably about four yards from the sideline. <laughs> the guy lands on the paint. He lands on the paint. And so anyone who has kind of been around it, like if you've been in the weight room, we talk about power cleans yeah. and explosiveness. Twitch. That video, that little clip there, just displays the explosiveness, the toughness, and the physicality. And so when you look at the way that he performed, in the end, in the championship game, when we saw him down the stretch, everyone talked about the other running back. Yeah, Damian. And, and then and and you then, had the big fr- you had the big sophomore kid from the Bay Area. Right. Yeah. And, and then Jacobs comes, steals his thunder. Yep. And in a draft where we wonder if there's really going to be a legitimate number one running back, this guy goes to the top of the charts because his explosive potential makes him where he's kind of like had, his new school back. I had this talk with a with a personnel executive. Um, he goes, how, how do you have him? So I told him what I had on him. And he's like, like what, what is there not to like? And I said, no, no. You know what the negative is? Here's the negative. Oh, he doesn't have a lot of carries. I'm like, perfect. Alvin Kamara. We learned that lesson. That's not a negative. That's a positive. That is actually. Plenty of tread left on those tires. And, and the funny thing that was mystifying to both of us about Alvin Kamara. Because I think we both, we both had first-round grades on him. Yeah. It's just. What what are we missing? Yeah, like when he's falling on drafter, his name hasn't been called. Like what 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 are we missing? Like yeah, I, I've seen everything. Like he can catch the ball out the backfield. He can do all the things that he was doing in New Orleans. He showed at Tennessee, and so uh, it was a big mystery. But I think the search for the next Alvin Kamara, the next Christian McCaffrey, go. the guy that can do that, he is going to go, and he's going he's going to be drafted a lot higher than most people expect. No question. A bunch of other juniors here. We'll have a chance to dig into those as we go forward. Uh, we're going to have uh, plenty of time to talk about all these underclassmen as we get towards the draft. I did hear this one comparison. Devin White, I got a lot of Roquan Smith. I like I like Devin White a lot, and you'll find out on my list. He's a, I have him in the top 15 players, but I thought Roquan had a little little something. Roquan had a little more snap to him. A little more juice, a yeah. little more pop. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I heard that Great from player, a few. really good player, but I, I have Roquan over here. I heard, heard, heard a few different things of him. And the other guy that people said, like, people are going to kind of peg him as their, hey, this is going to be my third-round guy that I'm going to get. Which means he's going to go in the second, if not the first. Who's that? Calvin Ridley's brother. Hold up, Buck. So he's in my top 50. <laughs> and he, he's going to run four five five. Wait, hold up. Let me give you a – let's see here. Let's just want to do a little reading session here. Let me uh, – <laughs> I've been writing these – I've been writing my top 50, so this gives me a chance to – like a book on tape. <laughs> Because I've got, I've got, I believe I've already written him. Uh, Ridley, let's find, let's find Mr. Ridley here. By the way, I, have you watched the? Uh, I put out a little video, but when you, where do you see the other tight end from Iowa? Oh, I, I know about it. Like, is it possible that Iowa could have two tight ends going the first round? Because Ooh. Hockstein is, he's a, he's a, he's an assassin. Hockstein, he is a Y, meaning he is a inline, 
inline tight end. He is a guy that you want to see attached to the tackle. He does all the dirty work. He also can catch the ball. He's Heath Miller. He reminds me of Heath Miller. I, I, I saw you think. I no. saw you, I saw you post it. And, and 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 it's true. Like he is the old school tight end that everyone wanted from Mike Mark Bravaro yeah. to when I played we had Mark Tremura. He is the big imposing presence at tight end that can block in line but also catch the ball down the field. Perfect tight end. All right, let's do a little Riley Ridley reading. Wow, that's a lot of that's alliteration. That's a lot, lot, lot of alliteration. All right. Uh, Ridley, good size, very polished route runner, lacks an explosive burst in his release, but he understands how to set up defenders. He's very efficient at the top of his route. Despite lacking top-end juice, he creates separation with clean footwork in and out of the break point. Very strong hands, attacks the ball at the highest point. After the catch, he's tough, but he lacks premier burst or elusiveness. Uh, lack of production is a concern, but there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. Overall, Ridley is ready to contribute right away. Lacks ideal twitch, but he consistently gets open, has strong, reliable hands. And when I'm watching him and when I'm reading him and when I'm and I'm writing him and I'm sitting here going, like, I've said a lot of these same things about a guy that's catching a billion balls for Drew oh, Brees in oh, New Orleans. Michael Thomas. Now so it's funny that you brought that, that up. That was the kind of in the back of my mind scout, a little bit when I'm watching. Scout, the scouts there around said, this guy is a carbon copy of Michael Thomas. We he's go. big. He's physical. He creates separation. Not crazy. He can make, play, <laughs> he can make plays. And there you have it. And – you know, as scouts, we're always looking for comps. We're always trying to learn from our mistakes. And, man, if we miss on the first go around. We're going to try and get it the second time. We're going to try and get it in the second time. And I think he's going to benefit from that. And so in a draft where the receivers are solid, but I don't know how many guys really, really stand out, he may be a guy that you peg like, hey, if I don't want to go in the high cut, maybe I'll get him. But I think the more people look at him, the more they're going to appreciate what he is. And the more that we see Michael Thomas dominate from that inside position, that yeah. big slot receiver. There's a role. The, there's a there's a role for those guys. And so you'll see people continue to imitate it. All right. I'll give you one more, then we'll move on here. Uh, we were just talking about Devin White. Yep. So here's Devin White. Uh, White, thick, sturdy frame, possesses prototype, explosiveness, playmaking skills against the pass. And this is one of the things. I We always follow formulas when we're writing reports. We've done it forever. So people yep. have a different way of doing it. So the one change I made a couple of years ago was I, the way I was kind of taught to do it, and I kind of got in a groove, was you want to see, give him a vision of the body type, what does he look like physically. Then I always just did it from, I'm just going to break it down from the run game and the pass game. Mm-hmm. But as the NFL game has changed, if you read my reports, all of them are going to start with how they do in the pass game. Yep. And then I don't care. We're talking about line, linebackers, line, whatever. We're talking, let's, Coverage, how do they do space, in the pass game? Blitz, what do they do? And then we'll get to what they do in the run game. So that's the formula I use anyways. Uh, white, thick, sturdy frame, possesses prototype explosiveness and playmaking skills against the pass, has the speed and agility to cover tight ends down the field, and he closes space in a hurry when he's in zone coverage. I mean, you can watch him against A&M. He just mirrors that tight end all over the place. Uh, timing and burst is a blitzer. Uh, wins the majority of his one-on-ones versus running back and pass protection against the run. Has sideline to sideline range, but he will get stuck on blocks once engaged. Good, not great instincts to key and read, uh, but even when he's a half count late, he makes up for it with his play speed. Outstanding chest up tackler. Overall, White has what teams are looking for at the position: the ability to run, cover, and blitz. We talk about it all the time. I mean, that's that's the ability. Like we're going to see, and here's why he is going to benefit. You can talk about Roquan Smith, but what we saw last year. The impact of the second-level linebacker. Leighton Van Der Esch. Yeah, Leighton Van Der Esch, Darius Leonard. Um, even Tremaine saw, Edmonds. All those guys were able to have immediate impacts coming in, stepping in, making big-time plays. And so we're seeing that there's um, a prototype or there's a blueprint for how those guys can have success. Sideline-to-sideline chasers, guys that can find a way to get to the quarterback on blitzes, and guys who also can get their hands on the ball in coverage. 
they make plays and they impact your defense. When you're constantly on the go, there's not much time to think about upgrading your style or apartment. That's why you'll love getting a new box of awesome from Bespoke Post every month. Experience quality and unique products at boxofawesome.com. To get started, visit boxofawesome.com and answer a few short questions that will help you get a feel for your style. Each box costs less than 50 bucks, but it has more than $70 worth of unique gear waiting inside. The first of each month, you'll receive an email with your box details. You'll have five days to make changes, or if you're not filling that month's box, then simply skip it. From barrel aging kits to limited edition cigars, winged or bags, to classy dop kits, Bespoke Post offers essential goods and guidance for the modern man. To receive 20% off your first subscription box, go to boxofawesome.com and enter the code STICKS at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com's code STICKS for 20% off your first box. Bespoke Post, theme boxes for guys that give a darn. All right, Buck, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit here and tell you about an interesting flight that I had. And this is going to kind of, we've been talk, talking themes a little bit here. We'll get to another one here. I want to say his name, but uh, um, I know his name, but I don't want to say it here. But he's an assistant general manager in the National Hockey League. You know me. I don't know anything about hockey. Yep. But he's he's obviously came up on the scouting side, been around the game for a long time. And I had, it was fat. we just went back and forth asking him questions, asking me questions. Um, and I asked him, I said, has, how has it changed with hockey? Because I know the rules there have changed as the rules have changed in the NFL, which make it more offensive friendly. Has that affected you in the scouting side? He said, yeah. He said, you know, we used to always be looking for guys 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, we used to have, you know, if he was under a certain size, we wouldn't even look at him. He said, that's out the window. He said, really what it comes down to is we just trying to find two things, speed and skill. And I thought, man, that is so true. And that is what the NFL game has turned into, speed and skill. Yeah, it absolutely is this. And you know, like, teams will always look to the teams that are in the Final Four and the teams that may eventually go to the Super Bowl, and they will kind of make some determinations based off of those things. And I think if we look at the teams that are in the Final Four, and we'll we'll kind of move New England out of that because they're, they're outlier. When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, speed, skill, it certainly applies. No question. When you look at the L.A. Rams, absolutely, speed and skill certainly applies. Ty Gurley, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, those guys are explosive playmakers. The New Orleans Saints are a little different. The skill but, but Kamara, applies. Kamara provides K- a speed. He, Ted Ginn has some speed. Right. The skill part of Michael Thomas is a skilled yes. route runner no technician, question. has a way to get it Breeze. done. You think about Breeze and the way that he works. Mark Ingram is a skilled running back. Mm-hmm. And so you are now really, really focusing on those things. And I, I think it also applies to the way that you look at their defense. Marshawn Lattimore, yes. Cam Jordan, um, the guys that are making plays are guys that are explosive and they have a patented skill, something that jumps off the tape be it in press coverage, be it in off, being a pass rusher. Those things apply. And now teams are finding a way to like, hey, we're going to take your skill set and we're going to put it on ourselves to figure out a way to maximize it. So one of the things that he was saying was, said, look, we're okay on the hockey side. We're sacrificing some size, but you've got to have spe- you got to have special traits. you got to have some special traits. I said, it's the same thing. We do the same thing in football. If you're going to be undersized, that means you've got to have a- exceptional speed or, or playmaking yes. skills or, or something that makes you unique. Um, you can't be small and slow. That's that's still <laughs> is the same as yes. it's always been. Uh, but I was talking to another general manager today, and um, and I, I have a, I'm anxious to see when you when you get around and talk to all these guys. I think we'll find the same theme because I was trying to get to him, and I said, 
what's what's going to change this year after what what we saw this year? How is it going to affect personnel? How is it going to affect the draft and free agency? He's like, ah, I, need to, I need to think about that a little bit. And then we kept talking, and, and uh, he said, uh, um, he goes, you know, we – we played we played in some games this year where we played pretty good, scored thirty points, lost. And he said, We've got to find more playmakers. Mm-hmm. We've got to find more playmakers. And the other thing, and I'm and I've had two or three different people when you're talking about goals in the off season, what you're trying to do to shape your roster, we have got to get faster on defense. It's the same that's the that is the formula. It's what we talk about creating those twelve players and trying to hit those things. Playmakers, yeah. playmakers playmakers 30 ain't good enough anymore you got to try and get a team that can produce 40 points that's what you're aiming for I and mean, it sounds ridiculous but that's really what, what what teams are thinking three to four teams in the final four um, they're all four 30. they're all four the, the four high scoring teams in the four league, high right? scoring yeah. teams last weekend three of those teams hit 30 or more points yeah. you have to be able to score points and the best way to generate explosive plays you have to have explosive athletes dynamic players with the ball in the hands and to create turnovers those guys need to be no dynamic. Question. They need to not only be able to catch the ball, but run fast, knock the ball out, those kind of things. And so the league continues to evolve. The league is changing. And as the league kind of becomes more wide open, you need more dynamic athletes. I think the guy that you had the chance to see each week, Derwin James. Yes. Now that we reflect on it, despite the production, should've there's no doubt in my – he should have yeah. been a top ten or even top five yeah. just on the explosive yeah. traits. It's going to benefit big. Rashawn Gary this year, by the way. Absolutely. He's big, he's fast, he's physical, and you're like, man, how do we miss on that? Uh, well, you know, he didn't have a great year. Yeah, but you see it, yeah. and if the guy's wired right, you're right. And, and the wiring is the other big part. And Rashawn Gary is absolutely going to do that. I had the conversation um, – had people talking about me. I heard just stupid thing. times. Like, stupid times. Oh, man, I, think he's run. Run, I think he's going to run like low four or five. So he's going to go sub four or five. And at that size, he's going to be dynamic. We're talking about like 280 pounds. 280 pounds. I had people tell me, like, man, he kind of reminds me of Justin Tuck, who was an outside guy that could play inside and sub packages and mm-hmm. rush the passer from inside. And so as you look about the creativity and people look at Aaron Donald and how he's able to dominate the game from inside, the more you can do. And it brings me to another guy, Christian Wilkins, who yep. is kind of an enigma from a draft perspective in terms of what do you do because he is a wow, whoa player, meaning yep. you see the wow plays, and then two plays later you're like, whoa, ask why is he it. on a- his back? Ask for it, Buck. You, you want it? Yeah, let's get it. Here we go. Christian Wilkins. This is like reading theater right here. And you're in a nice, comfortable chair. You, you can't see Bucky right now, but he's lounging in my hotel room right now. Uh Wilkins has solid size for the position. He's been a disruptive presence along the Clemson line throughout his career. Against the pass, quick feet and hands, wins early in the down. At his best when slanting and working through edges of blockers. Isn't a powerful bull rusher, but don't you yawn. Against the run, he's much better on the backside. Relies on quickness to slip blocks. Does a good job avoiding cut blocks. On the front side, he'll occasionally get too high turn. Overall, Wilkins has upside as a pass rusher and penetrator, but you'll have to live with some of the deficiencies at the point of attack. I mean, that's what he is. Like, you have to be able to... Work through. You it. live with some of that. It's going to be you some ugly snaps. It. You're going to get dumped on occasion. You're going, you're going to get dumped. He's going to leave you wanting more. But you just don't see guys that are flexible, athletic. Oh, oh I, I, I was talking to a GM today. It's just like we've got to find interior pass rushers. He's like, when we're playing against them, you can't get away from them. When I don't care how great you are coming off the edge, can I can throw it. bodies at them. I can't do anything when they're inside. Get them one on one. I mean, you saw it when. Look you, at Aaron Donald. When, when the Chargers played against the Baltimore Ravens, oh, and they yeah, were yeah. able to roll create, those dudes inside. They were able to put Melvin Ingram on a on a guard that was helpless. Yeah, I mean it, it. It changes the game, and so if you have someone that can 
attack the quarterback from a one technique or a three technique That's why position, Jeffrey Simmons is going to go sky high, too. It is a game changer. It's Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State has a – has some character stuff from high school. Teams have to sort through, but everything at the school at Mississippi State seems to have, uh, have been very positive there, so he's a name to keep an eye on uh, as well. All right, Buck, we uh, we have some NFL thoughts here. We've touched on it a little bit just with these games. I know you've uh, got a chance with uh, – were you with Rhett? Did you do this with Yeah, Rhett, Rhett Nick Foles. Little PBU. Stood, you you yeah, just call him Nick Foles now, Nick huh? Foles, yeah, he just – I don't know. Nick Foles is out of the playoffs, so Rhett has to get a new nickname. Yeah. He's still got to do some work for us. <laughs> um, just real quick, you know, having been at that Patriots-Chargers game – it was a masterful uh, game plan by the Patriots. The Chargers just, just kind of played that, that soft coverage, and, and Tom Brady just eats, eats them alive. Here's the thing. Most teams aren't patient enough and efficient enough and accurate enough to maintain those 12 to 15 play drives. That guy is, and we've talked about it before and said it. That's, that's a different rule for him. So to me, I'd rather, I'd rather hey, let's go, down, let's go down swinging. Let's press up, and if Tom Brady beats you over the top with those guys, it happens. But – uh, I don't know. I would have liked to see the Chargers challenge them a little bit more up front. You know, it it was funny because, like, it, it, you wondered which version of the Patriots was going to show up. I mean, obviously you heard post-game Tom Brady saying, we know everyone thinks we suck. A little chip. He's got a little chip. They got a little chip. And, you know, like, this is not the most talented version of the Patriots that we've seen, but I've been around long enough to remember in 2000, 2001, this was a team that went with David Patton and David Givens and Troy Brown, and they didn't really have notable names on the outside, but they were a team that collectively played a, a really good version of complementary football. They ran the ball. Power football and death by a million paper cuts. Death, death by a million paper cuts and screens and all that other stuff, and then they did enough on defense. And I, what I saw was, man, this team is kind of going full circle. And I heard someone talk about this and says, like, the Patriots play at a different level than everybody in terms of, they experiment during the regular season yeah. to figure out how to be the best version of themselves in the playoffs. And they kind of got to the point in the last two weeks of the regular season and then during the playoffs, like, this is how we have to play with the team that we pres- presently constructed. We can't play the way that we played in 2007. We can't throw the ball all over the yard. Now let's hone in and do the things that we can do to win games. And so they are a difficult out. And this is a game where Kansas City is the more talented team. But can they not? what we call the champion out. Can they knock the Patriots out? Because I think it's a tough task for a team that has been there and is very, very comfortable living in that championship game space. Here's one piece of advice for the Kansas City Chiefs. Go back and look at every big play that you gave up this year <laughs> and, and practice against again. it because they will adopt it, they will implement it, and they will call it. I'm, I'm sitting up there in the booth with Matt with uh, with money, and uh, I'm, the Patriots are going to scream like, Oh, yeah, that was from the Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pittsburgh got that one. They run another play. Oh, yeah, Kansas City ran that one against the church. I mean, it's just like a collection. They just go collect plays that, that work. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking just having been there for the Chargers-Chiefs game, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're going to see a lot of stack. They're going to see a lot of stack, and they're going to make them communicate and try and sort all that stuff out because they bust Oh, b- because they absolutely bust it. So they're going to give them things to make them communicate and, yep. s- and figure out if they've solved Motion and shift and all issues. that. Can you, can you handle the communication part of it? Because we saw them. Uh, in the Chargers game, they gave up a touchdown and a two-point conversion simply on communication issues. So they're going to get it's all of that. Yeah. It's, it's coming. And I've said this, and people have jumped in my timeline because I said, look, the one thing we know about the Patriots, they're going to do their best to take away Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Yep. They're going to make the other guys beat them. And so they're like, oh, wait, I'm sure they tried that the first game. Yeah, they did. But they'll make an even more concerted effort to make sure, like in that game, I saw play a lot of cover one. 
against yep. the Chargers. Yep. And once they got up, two man, two man, all game, all day. Yep. And they were like, "Look, we'll let you run it because we don't think, as we talk about, the patience and discipline. Yep. You're not patient enough to, to live that. with this." Yep. And I think that's how they're going and to approach throwing, it. For Chiefs. those that don't know, uh, from a quarterback's perspective, trying to throw against two man is the worst. And they just play trail technique and undercut everything because they've got they've got two over the top. It is hard to play against that. That's when that 49ers defense was rolling with, yes. with Justin Smith and Alden Smith and that team that went to the Super Bowl. They lived in two-man because they could stop the run without having to drop a safety down. And so they just played that. It is hard to play against that defense. Very you can't run the ball. Very hard to play against. And I, I, I'm pointing people back to the Pittsburgh game that the Patriots played a few weeks ago. And even though they lost – they did a great job of containing Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. They also slowed down Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, Jalen Samuels had a big game, and everyone was excited. Yep. Part of it was because New England was like, oh, he can You he give can him get that, it. yeah. Because the explosive plays come through the air, not through the ground. They kept the score down because they made them run it. Mm-hmm. They don't want Kansas City to get the explosive plays because the explosive plays will juice up the crowd. They're going to make Damian Williams be a factor in this game. I was talking to somebody, uh, not here, was on the phone about a, a week or two ago, and he was telling me about their defensive coordinator's philosophy, and I thought it was fascinating. He said, um, look, if, if if you're getting – people used to say, like, stay on, get four yards on first down, stay on schedule. And he said, look, our defensive coordinator, he doesn't care. He said, until you, start, until you rip off some 12- and 14-yard runs, he said, if you run four yards on first down, he said, he's not going to adjust. We're going to keep our safeties high. Until you prove you can get an explosive, then we'll drop a safety down. But I'm going to play high. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you – you can have your four yards, whatever you want, because, yeah, because the, the thought is eventually you're going to get off schedule and you all get that. off schedule. You're not going to give up any big plays. You have a, 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 a blown assignment. You have a penalty. You'll have something that kind of gets yeah. you behind the chains. And like, oh, we got you. Yeah. Because we want to People think you like you're scared. Oh, man, four yards. Like, oh, you can have all your four. I'm not driving. I'm not going to adjust. I'm not going to get out of what I'm doing until you start running some explosive I've plays. Heard, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard from defense coordinators say, like, no. We're going to stop the big passes, and yep. we're going to make you run the football. And if you can prove that you can run it, then we're dropping in. Yep. So it's just exactly what you're saying. It's the shift in in the it's way totally defensive different. coordinators yeah. are thinking because everyone will always talk about Even when you talk to these old-school coordinators, stop, stop the, the run, run. Stop the run, yeah. But it's a different version. The way they view it is stopping explosive runs. We're going to stop explosive runs. I mean, three, four yards on first down, that's okay. Have at it. Have yeah. at it because, yeah. because most play callers – they want the big stuff. They want the chunk plays. Yep. Do you have enough patience to just nickel and dime it down the field with the running game? Most people don't. Other game there with the uh, the Eagles. I, look, I tip my cap to the Eagles. I, I thought that had a chance they, to. I mean, I thought looking they, at the schedule, I thought way. that was the one that could get out of hand. In fact, all the other games seemed like they got out of hand. This is the close one. In fact, they had a chance to go down and win the game late, uh, if not for an unfortunate drop. But when you find out, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, what he's playing through with with ribs and uh, everything else. I mean that. That is a – the word grit is overused. We've read the book. We've talked about it. But that football team, I think you got to tip your cap. So that's a greedy bunch. And the Saints, in their defense, a greedy bunch as well to be able to not play your best and find a way to get a win. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And I think we've seen, we're have seen we seeing the four best teams in football yeah. in the tournament. Like, I, I think we can confidently say these are the four best teams in football. Um, they're here for a reason. Uh, you notice their flaws are not glaring yeah. on either side of the yep. ball. So we can talk about – Kansas City and their defense, their defense tighten up, and they have what we talked about that you have to have. Oh, they have playmakers. Speed and skill. Yeah. Playmakers up front. We've seen Justin Houston show up and make plays. We've seen Derek D. Ford yep. make plays. And they're getting timely contributions from the guys in the back end. And so it'll continue to be interesting to see how this goes. But back to the Saints and the Rams, I think the, the part of this game that is fascinating to me is 
the Rams have stumbled into what I think is the biggest X factor in C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I agree with you. I have thoughts on that. Go ahead. C.J. Anderson has given the Rams a unique thing. They now have a big one-two punch. Mm -hmm. Most of the time when you have one-two punches, you have a big back and a little back. The little back is assigned to roll to catch the ball out the backfield. The big back does the dirty work. But in C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, they're very, very similar. Like, they don't have to change their offense. They're just running downhill. Yeah. And because the way they incorporate the backs into the passing game, I talked to a running backs coach today. He said, look, both of those running backs can play in the passing game because they're just check down guys. Yeah. Todd Gurley is used for screens, but really they play action, the running back ends up over the ball. Yeah. He was like, it's not like they're asking those running backs to be a Levy and Bell type and move all over. He said, and you're getting two guys that are really, really comfortable in this zone scheme. And he told me that what people miss on C.J. Anderson, last year he gained 1,000 yards on a Denver team. Maybe 20 pounds, but that's oh, not. I mean, he's, he's hefty. <laughs> he's hefty. He said, but he gained 1,000 yards behind a Denver offensive line that wasn't very yeah, good. Yeah. And so the toughness and stuff you're seeing is C.J. Anderson running behind a good offensive line is different. And so I think Sean McVay actually stumbled into a formula that gave the Rams – a better opportunity to win the Super Bowl than they were the way they were playing at the middle to the end of the season. I think they found a recipe that they can, that they can take on the road and win. And look, I I picked. I think we both picked the Cowboys to win that game. I mean, but, I didn't but, think. The but here's the, the thing. Run. I thought, okay, with the perimeter run game that they like with Todd Gurley, they're running that match that matches up with the linebackers for the Cowboys. The Cowboys would be able to scrape and get over there. Well, I didn't realize C.J. Anderson, the hammer, was going to come out and go right between the tackles and go right at him, and, and they had no answer for that. No answer for it. And I, and I can't go back and think about the last two times that we've seen a team have two backs that they interchange and play like that. Like, you just don't see it. I have to go all the way back to when I was running the Raiders. The Raiders had Tyrone Wheatley and Zach Crockett and and Charlie Gardner, but you yeah. just don't see. I mean, we saw with the, Fal- the Falcons, you know, but, again, they're kind of different. Smaller, yeah, yeah, they're smaller different. backs, but, like, yeah. two two bangers. Yeah. Like, geez, like, it, it's a lot to have to deal with down after down those big backs. No no doubt. Uh, anyways, well, it'll be fun to watch uh, this uh, this weekend here. I think we've got two great matchups. I think they're both kind of pick em games. Uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to, uh, to watch both rematches, right? So. These guys know each other extremely well. I think coaching definitely matters when you get in this. this coaching point. definitely matters. What will the Rams do? Because Thomas had a huge game, over 200 yards receiving, really worked on Marcus Peters. But now Big Brother's back. Akeem Tlaib comes back. Maybe he takes on that matchup. We'll see. The chess match will be fascinating the second go round. Got some good news for folks at home, too. You can stream every NFL playoff game live on your mobile or tablet uh, through the NFL or Yahoo Sports app so you won't miss a uh, a big game here this weekend. All right, Buck, anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? No, I can't wait. We'll What's for dinner, by the way? Have you eaten dinner? I ate a little something. 745. I can't wait. Uh, just take a nap. I took the red eye. I can't wait. I got some more reports. Down. I got to write up. I don't know. They got a great grouper sandwich downstairs. <laughs> Solid. I don't, think, I don't think the grouper sandwich is going to be on. You, you don't think so? I don't, not tonight. Not tonight. I don't know. I got the little. I don't want. They have the ice cream parlor and like some bagels or something. That ain't going to do it. <laughs> I've had Chick-fil-A twice already down here. Are we going to go back already? to the Waffle Are we going to go to the Waffle House? At some point, we get to the Waffle House. At some point, we get to the Waffle House. What are we thinking? I like can't Thursday, peak. Friday? Maybe. Somewhere in there. I can't peek too soon. Dinner, though. Too soon. Breakfast for dinner, though, right? Not breakfast. Oh, yeah. That's the only way to do it. Oh, man. You took me. You, it had been, been a decade <laughs> before I had been, and then last year, Buck took me there, and I, I've been thinking about it for, ever uh, since. I can't wait to go back. i got to take you there. i got to get you to Cracker Barrel, too. 
Oh, do they have cra- they have cracker barrel? Oh beer? my gosh, they're all over the place. Do you get the? Uh, do you play the tea game? Do you you forgot how to get the down oh, to the one tea? I love that. I don't think I've ever done it. You've never played the triangle. I, I've played the triangle game, but I've never been able to get it down to just the one tea. I had it down to a size, but then I forgot the formula. Yeah, you know, Scouts is old school, but remember, Scouts used to go through there and pick up the books on tape because you could you could take the books on tape at a cracker barrel, and drop drive around, and drop it off at another one. <laughs> old school scouting. These young guys don't know anything about that. Nothing. They know nothing about it. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for listening to Move the Sticks. Thanks for uh, downloading, subscribing. Check out all of our videos. NFL.com slash MTS video, YouTube.com slash NFL. There's a real humdinger of a mock draft video that's coming your way. So if you're hungry for mock drafts, it is coming. Uh, be on the lookout for that. I uh, appreciate you guys listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time right here on Move the Sticks. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.